Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Hi, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we took a bit of a break because uh, last week the bot that we used to record ourselves on Discord uh, wasn't working. Yep. And it might still not be working. We're hoping that it's uh, <laughs> We haven't it actually, working, we haven't actually tested recording. whether it's recording properly, so this could all be for nothing. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to this, it's probably working. <laughs> yeah, if you're hearing this yeah. now, it's fixed. Or this is like a meta play. Yeah, yeah, oh, we'll man. Never know. That, we'll would never be, know. that would be dangerous, where we just, we just stop halfway and then like kelso comes on and says to be continued yeah i think maybe we already did this once oh that's true and he's now doing it the second that's time yeah. I, you know i feel like if uh if if craig uh dies on us in the middle of this episode and maybe we shouldn't be talking about it like maybe we're jinxing ourselves here <laughs> but uh, man, I I feel like I, this this episode would just get written off, and I'd upload what we have and say, "Sorry, gang, this is all there is." <laughs> yep. Um. But yeah, it's so it's been three weeks now. Four, I think. Was it four? Oh yeah, it was four. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yes. it's been a bit of a time. Um. Gosh, maybe even five. We definitely delayed this three times. So does that make it five weeks? Uh, no, it looks like... Did we delay it three I thought times? we delayed it three times. No, we, we, I think we only delayed it twice, because the last episode was August 2nd, which is one, two, three, four weeks ago. I had 28 days. So yes, four weeks. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Four, yeah. Sorry that we are, we are delayed, we delayed it by four weeks. I mean, we delayed it by two weeks, but <laughs> we, sorry it has been four yeah. weeks. Well, yeah, so yeah, much has happened in the past four weeks. I've like I'm like two video games in. I I finished Subnautica. I finished the Talos Principle. Um, I've been playing Spiritfarer. Nice. There's all kinds of good stuff, and all, there was all of Summer Games done quick uh, last week, and it was fantastic. I need to I need to find out what the consensus was on a really good run so that I can watch the vods because that's how I consume. Yeah, there's video. a good there's a good Ars Technica article that's like highlights that I mostly agree with. There's like one or two things where I'm like, no, that's dumb. Um, I don't watch the Dusk speed run. I've had like two different people tell me, oh, the Dusk speed run was really cool. And like, it's got some like silly tech and stuff, but the problem is they have the developer on a Skype call and he's like either had a lot of Red Bull or just done a line of Coke because he's like nonstop, like chattering in a really obnoxious bro sort of way. Um, oh, was that... Um... Yeah, I think I know what guy you're talking about, and I think he's just like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe he is. It, it ruined the run for me, though, because, like, it was the, the whole run was just his obnoxious narration. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But I, I do highly recommend the Doom Eternal speedrun, because the movement is just, like, beautiful to watch. That one yeah, was Doom pretty Eternal. spectacular. I haven't played it, but I've I've just seen like little bits of it here and there, mm -hmm. and my boyfriend has played. Yeah, uh, I saw like some. Of, 
the day it was released, I yeah, saw some people doing like fun weird he, tricks. He's giving me the thumbs up about yeah. uh, about Doom Eternal right now, so that's okay. what he's up to. <laughs> yeah, like super young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it looked... like fun to just move around. Yeah, and it was it's 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 very like. It's it's like hypnotic to watch. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And they use um they use some glitches, but it's like I think the category is like no out of no major glitches or no out of bounds or something like that. Uh, <coughs> no, it can't be no out of bounds because I they do like a little out of bounding I think. No major. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the no major glitches means that like they they do end up actually going through most of the levels and they're just like. Yeah, he's just constantly like moving and turning and shooting and flinging across things and. Yeah, those are. I mean, those are like my preferred format of speedruns. I don't really care for like any percent. Use whatever bugs you can to just skip through ninety percent of the game. Because I, I, sometimes I like those. If the if the glitches are weird enough, I enjoy them. Yeah, it's gotta <laughs> the... be. It's gotta be reasonable though. I don't like like any percent until it comes to a point where it's like it becomes like way too short or way too precise. Yeah, or... Where it's like a Pokemon one where it's like we go to this place, we like talk to this guy, we walk three steps in this direction, and then we like open our inventory, close our inventory, and then come back through this door, and then we're in the end credit scene. It's like uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the the Pokemon that's a bit slow for the Pokemon games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the... Pokemon, because Pokemon has one of those things where like the any percent is like zero point zero seconds. Is it really? And like everyone can get it. Yeah. yeah, there's I've I've done a little bit of reading about this um about like just exploiting problems with the the cartridge memory. Um, mm. on on Pokemon carts like the the Game Boy ones. I'm sure it's made. Well, I'm not sure, but I'm. It's probably harder to do on more recent games. But at least on the Game Boy ones, there's there's a lot of ways that you could fuck with the cartridge memory and um in in ways that could permanently ruin your cart. But still, it's interesting to read about. Yeah. That being said, not necessarily interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's cool to know that like that's a thing that can be done, but it's like mm -hmm. not a fascinating category to watch. What was a fascinating category to watch? Uh this year's GDQ had the first ever VR speedrun where they did Half-Life oh. Alex. And the the glitches huh. that they use are related to physical movement. So it's like the the player like while a cutscene is loading like crouches like lays himself flat on the ground so that when the game reloads he's like uh it's it has reset where his head is and then when he stands up he's like above the top of the level huh. so it's like watching the guy and there's a cam on him like in his room so you can like watch him just crawl around in vr and it's like, kind of amazing to watch it's like really silly <laughs> That sounds yeah. That sounds pretty great. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Uh, yeah, VR. Uh, they, yeah, and they they had a showcase of a like DDR like game that was called Pump It Up. That was pretty good. Um, you know, it's always cool to see people do the like actual feats of physical, uh, 
you know, um, yeah, physical ability. Not that some of these other ones aren't, but yeah, I there, feel was like some, there was some good runs. Having to physically put yourself on the ground for a speed run is pretty, <laughs> pretty yeah. intense. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there was. Um... There was a awkward. They did hypnospace they outlaw. They did do hypnospace outlaw. I feel like that one was probably like way more fun to watch if you had no idea what the game is, because if you if you know the game, it's just watching someone play the game really fast. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, I, yeah. I know what all of this is. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, not that that's not what all speedruns are, but, um, yeah, there was what else was the. There was a, a an Ocarina of Time randomizer, uh, which was it was a co-op randomizer. Uh, there was a race which I still need to watch, which I think was Mega Man. Maybe I don't remember. It's a bunch of Sonic stuff. There was uh, a um, the the final run was uh, Pokemon Shield, which was it, kind of fun to watch just because. I think it was like the you know it's the end of the week everybody's sort of deliriously tired the the couch is like very yeah. excited and bubbly Um yeah so I recommend that one Nice As usual lots of good stuff and despite it being online and covid and whatnot they still managed to raise over 2 million dollars so you know that's cool Yeah Definitely. Wow. Uh, Anyone else been playing any interesting games lately? Um, I bought I bought the samurai game a couple weeks ago, oh, Ghost of Ghost Tsushima. Tsushima. It's look, it's just another open world game, but <laughs> you got swords. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's got so it's got uh like a a photo mode where uh, it's 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 so in depth the photo mode, like you can um, like full camera control. You can um, you know track the camera around. You can change the weather. You can change the time of day. You can change um, what else? There's like possible? a whole. Hmm? Is it possible they just wanted to make a a photography simulator and their publishers told them they had to put swords in it? Maybe. <laughs> yeah maybe probably not um, there's there's a whole like mess of particles that you can just throw into the scene it's it, 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 oh, it's a lot of fun honestly that sounds like someone who is like really proud of their graphics team and graphics tools right like that sounds yes. that sounds like someone who a team where they worked really hard to make some really cool graphics tools for their like level designers and they're like we got to do something with these to like show them off we have these great tools we should expose them somehow yeah and and it it's also cool that you can zoom right the fuck up into anybody's face uh <laughs> and and just look at the insane texture detail so yeah, nice. if uh, if you got but is it PS4 fun to play? Money to it is fun to play. It is a lot of fun to play. Okay, the the sword play is actually pretty good. You you feel like an insane badass for getting really good parries off. Um, nice. And there's there's some pretty fun stealth mechanics, and it's just it's just gorgeous. It's it's absolutely like a, a beautiful looking game. So 
yeah, that's what I've been playing. And there's a ton of game there. It's a it's a big game. So I I am still playing it, and I will be playing it probably for a while. The rest of your life. <laughs> Maybe not that long, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how those DLCs are when they come out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we've started playing the Borderlands Three DLCs. Um, because they had a special on Epic finally for the like three of them. And so I'm nice. saving the wedding one for last because I'm most excited about that one. Uh, but we've done the. Wait. Hmm? DLCs? How many are three. there? There's a. Game has barely just come out. No, it, it's been hell? out on Epic for like an additional eight months in addition to that, remember? <laughs> it just came out on Steam yeah. recently. Yeah. But still, it's less than a year old. That's that can't be true, can it? When did Borderlands Three release? Uh, Borderlands Three, uh, September thirteenth, twenty nineteen. You're right; it is less than a year old, but not by much. It is less than a year old by two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they're, they're, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be surprised. This Borderlands, yeah, they've got so there's one yeah. that's like casino themed, which is the one we just finished. Uh, there's one that's like Wild West themed, which we're just starting. Which there are people in that who ride these like velociraptor type creatures, and I really, really hope we get to ride them <laughs> later in the DLC. We'll see. Um, and then the, the final one is about uh. Uh, Sir Hammerlock and Wainwright Jacobs' wedding. Um, and I'm like excited to see the shenanigans that go on there. <laughs> nice. But yeah, also I've been playing Spiritfarer on the Switch and that game is just so sweet and earnest and nice. <laughs> And I am I am just reveling in the character designs. Yeah, it looks that's a good looking game, and I'm I'm definitely gonna have to play it sometime in the near future. There's my favorite thing is that there's a snake wearing a big robe, um, and the the it's it's not like a, a an anthropomorphized snake. It's just a big snake. So like, its head is coming out the head part of the robe, and then one of its sleeves has like a, a coil coming out like a little like it out and then back into the sleeve part of the coil and then the other sleeve has the end of the tail coming out oh man i'm looking at the snake i like this snake summer is her name it's nice. it's like goofy but incredibly charming as a character design yeah i like her i like her a lot Nice. Not enough not enough cute snakes in yeah. games, I think. You could definitely use more cute snakes. Like that's yeah, I guess that's how a snake would wear a robe. Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Anything else going on or should we just get into it? What do y'all think? 
uh, I can segue us about how Spiritfarer is like a real interesting game about uh, about like sort of it, it's like cozy and cute, but it's actually about death and moving on. Uh, just like the game we played for this podcast, Necrobarista. <laughs> Boom. Perfect segue. Yeah, we played uh, Necrobarista, which is a visual novel made by uh, Route 59 Games in Australia. I think they're in, I think they are in Melbourne. The game is in Melbourne. I think they are there as well. Oh, yeah. It had the feeling of like, we set this in Australia because we are in Australia, not for any particular other reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. The fact that it's set into Australia does not like figure hugely into the plot in any way, although it does figure into it in some small details. Uh, yes, they are in Melbourne. Okay, I just had to double check because I can't like say something like that and then not verify it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one would know, probably. That, that was true. Although there they is would one. Know. The, the, if the devs listen to the podcast, they would know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it's it's a visual novel, but it's uh it's cool to see people kind of like doing little experiments in the visual novel space in terms of mechanics. Um, because mm -hmm. like a visual novel is a visual novel. Like the core of this is a game that's mostly reading um and is like there the interaction elements are very limited mostly you're just consuming the story as it is presented to you is like you know it's a it's a genre that's fairly like like well established at this point and so it's cool mm -hmm. to see people saying like okay sure even with minimal interaction though like how could you experience the story a little bit differently yeah. Which is neat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Necrobarista is about a coffee shop in a back alley in Melbourne where you can go there after you die and spend up to 24 hours uh, hanging out before yes, you move on to the afterlife, whatever that might be. It's a it's a liminal space, so you don't have to be dead to go there. Plenty of alive people yeah. also go there, but if you are dead, if you happen That's to true. be dead, you can go there as well. Yes. So it's a space. I mean, we like it. They seem to imply that like most normal spaces, like if you are dead and you go there, like or you are there, like either you can't go there or people can't see you while you're there or you can't interact with the world in any way while you're there. Um, Cause there's a, <clears throat> so it starts when like a, a new brand new spirit, newly dead spirit named Kishan shows up there. And he has this whole story about like, he like remembers being on like a catwalk and like running away from a light or something like that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then arriving at a place, and then he, like, woke up here? Something like yeah. that? Yeah, something like that. Also, I would I would argue that the cafe is, it's called The Terminal, by the way, I just remember that it ha does have a name, um, is not just a space, because there's a lot of really fucky stuff going on, like the kitchen that disappears sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, not not yeah, just they, and they mentioned something about like how it's really prime real estate because there are not that many places that are like on sit sit squarely on either side of the veil like this, and so their rent is really high. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would do it. That would do it for your for your land values. Yep. Also, it's like, can I just say the most cozy looking cafe I have ever fucking seen? I want this space. I want to have a place like this to hang out in. Holy crap. Yeah, it is really cozy. It's like exactly I... my jam in terms of interior design. There's like a big tree growing up through the middle and it's like like covered in bookshelves and like little little shelves with plants and uh it's it's just it's feel it looks so nice. I would if that cafe was yeah. near me, I would hang out there all the time. Yeah, I guess the only problem is there's not really much space to sit. There, I mean, yeah, there's some tables in the downstairs area. There's some more, like, tables and couches and stuff upstairs. There's, like, a little billiards table upstairs. Um, yeah, it's probably not got super high capacity. But depending on your location, that's probably fine. Yeah, I, I, um, there was a, a little coffee shop that I used to spend, uh, a lot of time at when I was like in late high school and right after high school and it was one of those places where like like during the summer or on a Saturday you just kind of show up in the morning I would just kind of show up in the morning and I would be there literally from like 10 o'clock until they closed which was sometimes <laughs> 10 at night and sometimes midnight sometimes they would just decide yeah we'll stay up until midnight tonight whatever because just like I had been going there for so long that people that I'd know would always kind of filter in. And so <laughs> eventually hi. there would just be people to hang out with. And then if they left, whatever, I brought a book. Yep. And that's uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have a place like be... that anymore. But it's it's a nice like it reminded me of the, the terminal reminded me of that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it probably wouldn't actually be that fun to hang out in because, like, I don't, like, Maddie is an unpleasant person, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. yeah, so I guess, um, but, but. Maddie is an unpleasant person, but actually is the best. Yeah, no, I mean. And I would love to help her build robots. I, yes, but the thing is, like, as as a customer, as someone who could potentially be hanging out there a bunch, I feel like. I wouldn't be able to handle Maddie. <laughs> Maddie wouldn't like me enough. That's, that's true. Yeah, she seems hard to get along with. Um, Maddie's the barista and uh, owner of the cafe uh, and also a necromancer. Um, she's like, she's one of those characters who's like very sarcastic and abrasive outwardly, but it's like clear that she actually like means well and is like very it takes things very seriously emotionally mm -hmm. <clears throat> um and yeah she's i guess we should probably just like do a rundown of the characters yeah so yeah this is, is a game mostly about its characters yeah like like many visual novels yeah so yes so maddie and then i already mentioned ashley who is a i think she's 12 uh, something like that yeah some young youngish girl who hangs out she's 13. 13 okay close close um who hangs out in the cafe and 
builds robots, but they're not purely mechanical robots because they are powered by the souls of dead animals that she kind of scoops up and puts into robots. And the robots are made out of trash. Yeah, so she's like, she's an aspiring necromancer, sort of. She's more interested in the robot building, but she does steal, like, the the fading life force of, like, roadkill (laughs) and imbue it in her robots. Yeah. Um, And they have a, like, near automata-style Greek chorus moment at the end of each chapter where the robots, like, talk to each other about what's been going on. Yeah. Um, let's see. She wants to build them to fight in robot tournaments, but uh, mostly they end up just working as waiters in the cafe, <clears throat> which can get problematic yeah. when they like, you know, get violent <laughs> and knife fight each other. Yeah, I-, I guess that's the other thing about Ashley is she uh, has an affinity for knives and throwing them and hiding them. And um, having having a knife at hand always, no matter where she is, in the, in the cafe. Yeah, I feel like Ashley reminds me of like a Joss Whedon character. Um, like I feel like there's always that like little girl who's very like hyperactive in a way that's slightly actually insane. Yeah. Um, so let's see, who else is there? There's, uh, Chai? 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 I'm not sure how to pronounce I've, it. I've, I've been pronouncing it Shay, which I'm not sure is correct. Maybe. It's spelled with a C-H, but for whatever reason my brain went, that's pronounced Shay. I, I mean, look, it's, it's as good a pronunciation as any, <laughs> except yeah. we're probably, we're probably both wrong. Um, but he is a... He's dead. He's been dead for a long time, for like a, a, a couple hundred years at this point. And he no, I being... no, he's been living for a couple hundred years. I think he's only been dead for a couple weeks. This is so. Oh one, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, one that's problem right. we're going to run into a lot is that a lot of the details of the story are actually not that clear, <laughs> um, because people. Yeah, there's a lot of like stuff you never get. Told. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you never get told, and there's a lot of stuff that's said in an like an offhand joking way that it's hard to tell if you're meant to actually take it seriously or not, or if it was sarcastic. Um, yeah. So Shay has been around for a very long time. It's and it, it's not clear until very late in the story that he's actually dead. Yeah. Uh, and he is the former owner of the terminal, and he recently turned it over to Maddie. Mm-hmm. And he's helping her. He was like her mentor as a necromancer. And he's helping her while well, she's doing a big, dangerous, extremely illegal ritual <laughs> in the basement. Uh, in the basement to yeah. try to keep him around longer. Yeah, so sidebar of, like, necromancy in this world, uh, all of their, like, the stuff related to life force is basically, like, time-related. So there's the uh, this idea that, like, once you die, you can't, you can stay in the, like, human realm for no more than 24 hours after that, and then you have to move on. Uh, and if you try and stay for longer, like there's a there's a dedicated council that's supposed to keep the balance 
of like making sure you know the time is respected and so you can accrue like a negative balance with the council and then you're like basically hunted down because you're not supposed to do that and uh the cafe has been like occasionally letting people stay longer than they're supposed to for that 24 hours and so the cafe has been like accruing their time debt um and so Maddie does some necromancy where she has like secret uh gambling rings in the basement where they play knife games and then if you lose and everybody always loses to Maddie then she like takes four hours or whatever from your life yeah um so it's um, yeah so it's so they're doing some big necromantic time-based time-based alchemy in the in the basement um and then speaking of the council the council of death is is what it's called and uh the only well not the only the main character that we know of from the council is a guy named ned who is uh much like che who has been around for a very 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 long time and i looked this up actually Ned is based off of a famous historical figure in Australia. Yeah. Ned Kelly, right? Fun. Yeah. Because um, um, they, so that was one of the things that I wasn't sure if they were joking or not. Because she, there's someone says like, "Oh, like the outlaw Ned Kelly," and I'm like, "Are we supposed to believe that he is Ned Kelly, or was she just comparing him to Ned Kelly?" I would assume that that the joke is that she's comparing him to Ned Kelly, but he actually is. Okay. But I don't know. That was my reading of it. It's entirely possible, considering considering the time periods. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, he 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 stuck around way longer than he was supposed to after he died, and eventually, in order to uh, not get in big trouble with the council, he just joined the council. Yeah. So he works for the council now, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like. Uh, He's working off his debt in sort of more ways than one because he's, while he is working off his time debt, he's also kind of making up for some bad stuff that he did during his life and kind of working to become a better person. Yeah. And Ned is initially presented as like, ooh, big, bad, scary council person. He has a weird, like, like tin can head that, like, is not explained. <laughs> um, if that's. It doesn't seem like that's a council thing. Um, but yeah, so he he's presented... It's cool. Don't yeah, me. he's presented as like this sort of big, bad, scary councilman. But like over the course, you're like, oh, he's actually like a good friend of Che's. And he's just, you know, kind of a like, you know, he's just doing his job, right? Like he's not taking any pleasure in like, you know, coming and, and harassing the cafe about their time debt. It's just like they have a lot of debt and Maddie is incredibly irresponsible. And so like it's somebody has to come down there and talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. I like I think Ned is probably my favorite character actually. He definitely grew on me. Yeah. Ned is the character who made me cry the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, no, Ned's great. <sighs> we'll get there. Yeah, um, yeah, and so and then um, Kishan, who we mentioned, who is yeah. like the first spirit who comes in, who's like, "Holy shit, I'm dead! What's going on?" 
Yep. He was very sweet, kind of a little bumbly, but, you know, understandably so, because he did just die. Um, he's the sort of, like, yeah. slightly generic POV character. Um, one thing we establish about him is he's, like, actually very afraid of what is going to be on the other side, and he doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Not that he, like, feels he was a bad person. He just, like, doesn't want to cease to exist, maybe? Yeah. And, I mean, he he's, you know, he he died young, so understandable mm-hmm. that he would not. He's got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. So, the story... Are we missing any characters? I guess there's a bunch of side characters as well. Um, who like appear in yeah. a scene or two <clears throat> and then yeah. d- not again. Names We're I don't ba- remember, so. Yeah, customers. There's like the weird like dominatrix style lady who flirts with Maddie, and then there's like the two mm-hmm. rambunctious teens who try and steal wine. Yeah. Don't they try they try to they try not to steal wine, or if they don't try to steal wine, it's the uh the extremely potent soul liquor soul that they make yeah. out of distilled souls or something. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they, they, they're trying to steal whatever can come to hand, and I think they like, they think it's like maybe wine or something. But yeah, it's it's clearly the like the super potent stuff. But they don't get to drink it anyway, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah, which is probably for the best. Um, and then there's the, and then there's a bunch of characters that you only learn about in like the text flashbacks, which brings me to: Do we want to talk about the story at large first, or do we want to talk about the mechanics? Because um, both are interesting. Yeah, I think I think we can do mechanics and then go into story. Does that yeah that makes sense? To yeah. Me? So the the mechanics were super interesting to me. the The actual like moment to moment gameplay while you're seeing the scenes is not the usual like there is a static frame of characters and there is a text box at the bottom and you like click to advance it it's more like watching a scene from a tv show where there's like you know cut to a shot things move slightly and then you click when you're ready to go to the next shot in the sequence so it's like it's mm-hmm. like a tv show if you controlled when each like new shot advances which feels really weird at first it took some getting yeah, used but to it is, it is an extremely good way of getting around one of the main problems of visual novels is that uh traditional visual novels where all of the backgrounds and all of the characters are just hand-drawn sprites uh it's pretty much impossible to have you know any sort of filmic quality to it, any kind of like cool camera angles, um, or any sort of camera movement, because or even like meaningful visual character interaction, because you usually yeah. just have like a static sprite. If you're lucky, you can like cut to a single pre-drawn static image of mm-hmm. an important scene, but like that's it. Yeah, but those are very rare because it takes a lot of time and money to pay an artist to do that. So yeah, they, we should they, say they this get is around 3D that modeled. By having... Yes. Yeah. So that they can actually so put they, cameras they get in space. <laughs> exactly. And it, it works really, really well. It yeah, really it's very visually mm-hmm. interest like intriguing. There's a lot it's a lot more just dynamic um than your standard visual novel. 
Um, and they also, and they do still have the words appear on the screen, but they appear like next to the character. Or if the character is off screen speaking, which does happen sometimes, the text appears on screen with like a little silhouette of the person's face next to it. So you know who's talking, which I thought was like mm -hmm. a really nice, like low cost, but effective way of doing that. Um, yeah, and it lets you do cinematic things like off. have characters off screen have dialogue. Yeah. And, and not obtrusive and not... Um like captioning that oh ashley is saying this yeah is that'll really take you out of it mm -hmm. <laughs> so they they get around it nicely yeah yeah and then so then the the quote-unquote mechanic of this game uh in as much as it has an additional mechanic like i really like as a thing i wasn't like super enthused with what you actually get out of it in the end but i like it conceptually as a mechanic um so as characters are talking um, you get they occasionally say a word that is like highlighted in orange, and if you click the word or yellow, I forget one of the two. Um, if you click the word, you get like a little pithy, like one line aside about that topic, uh, in really like sometimes in context with the conversation, sometimes not really. Um, and then at the end of each chapter, you get a big old word cloud of every word that was highlighted throughout the entire chapter. And you have to kind of remember the context that it was set in, um, in order to, to think about like what it means. Uh, and you are allowed to click on up to seven of them. And they are each related to one of like 12 or so topics. So the topics might be like food and drink, uh, death, magic. Uh, each of the characters is a topic. Uh, lore, I think, is one of them. Melbourne is one of them. Um, and terminal. yeah, the terminal itself is one of them. Guests is one of them. Uh, and so you, uh, as you click on these words, you like gain essentially points in the category. So it's like, oh, I remember that old man was said in a context that referred to Shay. So I click on it and like I get a point in Shay. And then between chapters, you can wander around the terminal uh, and there are special points where there are like additional text only, like little side stories, memories, lore pieces. Um, but they require three points to unlock. And based on, you know, what the little chunk of text is about, it's points in different topics. So it's like, oh, I need like uh, Maddie and guest and like lore in order to unlock this one or whatever so you have to sort of mm -hmm. think about like what you know what things you want to unlock and and hope you remember the correct words that were related to that topic so you can you know get the points in the right categories for things you want to read uh, and as the game progresses more and more areas of the terminal open up so you get access to more and more of these little memory points or like memory locations i guess um, mm -hmm. Which is, it's kind of a really cool system. Um, I, as, as I think, like, uh, Carl mentioned before we got started here, like, I'm not sure how much I'm, I was, like, really excited to read most of them. There were a few that I, I thought were really fun, but most of the time it was like, oh, well, I guess I'll do this one because I have the points for it, but. Um, but it's a neat system to, like, make sure you're paying attention to the dialogue. <laughs> 
Although yeah, I will I... say that once once I like had read most of the um the little side blurbs that I had been interested in reading, when it got to an end of a chapter, some a, a couple chapters I did just click on, you know, seven random words. Just mm. whatever. Yeah, I was trying to get there was one in particular that I wanted to read, but I could not find any words to get guessed in like the second half of uh, the game, pretty much. Yeah. So the guests are rare. Yeah, guess, guests half. are pretty common in the first half of the game, but guest points are pretty rare in the second half of the game. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was rough. I think the one uh, I always had the most trouble getting was uh, lore because. It seemed like a lot of times I would click one that I thought would be lore, but then it ended up being death, or it ended up being magic, or it ended up being the terminal. I'm like, no, yeah. give me lore, please. Yeah. Um, these categories could be a little vague, but you know, yeah, it's whatever. It's it's basically the game is <laughs> the game is like showing as it's showing you the dialogue is saying, hey, there's gonna be a quiz on this later, <laughs> so remember what people are saying. Yeah. Pretty much. Which, yeah. Yeah, which sounds awful, but I think because the things you're getting are not, like, super vital, it doesn't feel really awful if you don't get exactly what you want. You're like, oh, well, too bad yeah. I missed that. But it, like, it doesn't it doesn't affect your ability to, uh, to go forward in the main story at all, so it's fine. And, yeah, and usually... Hello? Oh. Yeah, the tiny issue I had with them was, like, I tended to have, like, I was missing one from each memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, I basically played through the game, and then I had, like, a balanced, like, balanced amount of points in different categories, and then I went and did all the memories. Oh, like, yeah. all at once at the end? Yeah. I can see how that you would also get tired of them if you do too many in a row. Yeah, I I think I I mostly I would do memories like every other chapter or so when I had a handful of you know of little categories to pull from. Um, yeah, I liked to go around after every ch chapter just to like remind myself what categories I needed so I could try and be on the lookout mm -hmm. for dialogue that would probably be that where i'm like okay i really yes. want to unlock this one memory about shay so let me like be on the lookout for yellow text that comes up that's related to shay so i can remember that for the word cloud later mm -hmm. um but yeah i you know i think there was some really i think uh i really liked the there's one about um ashley is reading the like myth of icarus um that was kind of a cool one um there's some like history about like ned and shay in there a little bit that was interesting mm -hmm. uh i i really liked the one about the, the the or the couple of that i got about the fishermen but most of the other ones about guests i could kind of take or leave yeah there was one there was one really great one i think it was uh maddie's inbox where it's a series oh. of angry emails from a neighbor about how she's like I, I don't know some necromancy stuff. She's like uh, stealing energy from their energy beacon or something. Yeah, it, it's it's something like that. And then the final email, like just this this extreme Karen getting more and more irate 
like starting out very polite and conciliatory and then just getting more and more pissed off and the final email in the chain is like this karen's boss being like yeah sorry we uh we forgot to screw the lids on all the way or, or something, <laughs> yeah. something stupid like that yeah like the problem had nothing to do with you like we you know we you've always been fine to us like excuse this like lady we've given her some time off to go calm the fuck down yeah yeah i like and then there was one about ashley stealing pastries out of the pastry window that yeah. was cute yeah the lamingtons i will say this game made me want to try to make lamingtons i don't know what a lamington is <laughs> they threw that pastry name around like i'm supposed to know what a lamington is it's it's definitely like a thing that is huge in Australia and not so much anywhere else. But it's it's like it's just like a little sort of like rectangular piece of oh they're like covered in coconut cake. gross and they're yeah and they and they roll oh okay so if you don't like <laughs> coconut then you probably wouldn't like them but they they like coat them in chocolate ganache and then roll it in coconut and it sounds good because I like I I like coconut yeah so. if it wasn't if it, who doesn't like coconut I don't like coconut I feel like there's a like coconut is one of those like divisive foods of like you either really like coconut or you really don't I think it's not even like I'm kind of more or less um ambivalent on the taste of like coconut like coconut milk in dishes and stuff I just like really mm -hmm. hate the texture of dried coconut yeah, that's fair. I think I remember like, reading someone like, once like little flakes <laughs> of dried skin. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I've heard dried skin, and I've also somebody like I think they said that it's it has the texture of like toenails that have been like toenail clippings or fingernail clippings that have been soaking in water for a long time, which that's the most vile thing I've ever heard. Yeah, or or like, like or like like little wood shavings. They're just like little wood yeah. shavings, and I'm like, mm, no. I love wood shavings. <laughs> Coconut flavored wood shavings. I made to each their own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yes, <laughs> the it, I did look up lamingtons, and like the uh, fourth image in Google image search has like a little Australian flag stuck in it. So clearly this is like an Australian centric dessert. So that's fine. Yeah. The, the other super uh, culturally contextual thing uh, that I had to look up is they mention bin chickens at one point. Oh, where yeah. I'm like, what the hell is a bin chicken? Which is uh, apparently um, Australia has a problem with white ibises which they're like as common as pigeons and like pigeons, they tend to just like get into trash and stuff and they call them bin chickens. It's like yeah. a slang thing. That's one that I had to look up too. Yeah. Which this is funny because I, because I look. This comes up because Ashley put the soul of one of them into one of her robots. <laughs> yeah. And what did... I'm trying to remember. It was it was pretending that it was another animal, and then and then well, it, it got caught out lying. Yeah, it like didn't know what animal it was, and it was like it was like pretty sure it was some kind of bird, but was being kind of coy about what sort of bird. <laughs> and then the others yeah. made fun of it, like "Aha, you're just a bin chicken." <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. That was a really great example of. Um, 
I forget what the what the uh, technical term is for when you 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 know notice something and then all of a sudden you see it pop up somewhere else. And since I looked it up and figured out what a white ibis is, I think I've seen like two separate just like random memes on the internet about bin chickens. So, <laughs> so now you're putting that knowledge to good use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now I now I can laugh at the memes along with all the Australians. Thank you, Necrobreeze. You don't have to pretend anymore. <laughs> yes. You don't have to really awkwardly sit there and like smile and pretend to laugh, not knowing what a bin chicken is. Yes, the Australians can't make fun of me for this. They'll find something else, though. I'm sure. They're kind of like really pretty birds, to be honest. Yeah, like I could see how like once you get used to them, you're like, ah, they're just a nuisance, whatever. Um, but like, I don't know. I think they're like, as as someone who has not seen a bunch of them, like they've got these cool like vultury black skin, wrinkly skin heads, and they've got then they're like white with like a little black tail, and they're really pretty to look at. Uh, no, they're not. I think they are. <laughs> um, yeah. I I could see uh, again, like they have a sort of very vulture-like stance when flying too. They have like a kind of a low-slung neck. It looks like. Um, but I don't know. I always find wading birds to be kind of elegant, um, even when they have the like weird uh, wrinkly skin heads. Yeah, I guess I guess it's sort of like you know raccoons are cute until they get into your bin Garbage, and, yeah. and and scatter your trash all over the yard. And so yeah, I get and it. I mean I like objectively, also pigeons are kind of gorgeous birds. Uh, if you did, if you weren't used to a pigeon and you just looked up like pigeon, like they have these iridescent necks. And these like yeah. beautiful stripes mm -hmm. and these those like weird little white doohickeys on their nose, whatever those even are. Like they're objectively very pretty birds. It's just you get so used to seeing them. Oh, they're not. You get so used to seeing them, you're like, man, stupid dirty pigeons. I'm not sure what you guys are on about. I think Carl birds are just cool, hates Carl. birds. Yeah. What do you have against birds, Carl? Did a bird kill your brother? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not that you're aware of. Haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> Make sure uh, the birds don't get him. Yep. Um, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> we were talking about this game. Um, yeah, so you can unlock these, these little side memories um, that give you sort of backstory and lore. And, like, I guess arguably is the the embodiment of yourself wandering around um, during, like, between chapters, are you supposed to be Shay during that time? I'm not sure who you're supposed to be. I I thought maybe... Um, I thought maybe you were supposed to be Kishan since you, like, you come in off the street and that's the mm -hmm. only, like, you know, you started in a first-person perspective, but I have no clue. Yeah. So. it's Yeah, it seems like that in the very beginning, but then, like, the the text of like oh like some of these memories are just a bit beyond your grasp like the fact that they're presented as memories made me think that like oh maybe this where we've actually this entire time been Shay like feeling like he's coming apart and like 
you know, trying to hold together what he remembers of his life, like right before he moves on. Because they mention, like, Keyshawn describes the feeling of like, they they, they both describe uh, the feeling of uh, being there past your time as like, it's like your soul itches. And Keyshawn describes it as it's like every particle in your body is trying to move away from each other at the same time. Um, so, and, and they say like, you get kind of like, it's, it gets tough to focus and you get sort of lightheaded and, um, it feels like being sick, but without the symptoms of a cold. Um, mm -hmm. and it, it was sort of like interesting. So I was wondering if, uh, I mean, you could also just be, you know, disembodied, non-diegetic person, just like seeing the the memories that are like imbued in these spaces that's also possibly a thing but yeah that's how i read it um but i i, I at the end i kind of like assumed that for most of it but then at the end it occurred to me like wait i wonder if we're supposed to be shay for these sequences um especially because at the end you like visit everyone one by one or like shay does we should probably get into the actual plot mm -hmm. of the the game now <laughs> the plot of the story yeah that's fair that's fair. Um, yeah, so we already talked a little bit about the opening uh, where Kishan enters the uh, the terminal and he's recently dead and kind of gets the rundown on all the rules for Maddie. You have, you have 24 hours after your death uh, and you gotta go after 24 hours. Yep. And, and Kishan is almost more there just to sort of be a witness and be like a frame character for the the mm -hmm. player so that like people can explain things to him yep yep um so let's see and then you just you you meet a bunch of the characters i think you meet ashley and che initially well maddie first and then ashley and che uh and yeah. then does ned come in right away uh or... he comes in like a remember. few chapters in um but it's like okay. most of the story revolves around the fact that like the cafe has this debt um, or it seems like it's revolving around the fact that the cafe has this debt and Maddie has been like doing these sort of illegal uh, bets in the basement to try and um, get more like time back. And you assume at the time it's like to help pay off the debt. Uh, turns out that's not the case. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's, it's not revealed like so there there's like the the game actually has a cold open on doing this ritual where they're like every, everybody's involved in this weird ritual in the basement and you don't know what it's about and then it like flashes back and doesn't explain it and it's sort of like leading up to that ritual mm -hmm. um and yeah so ned shows up and ned's like listen you guys like i i hate to that like i have to be here telling you that you're like overdue but you're really past due and we're gonna have to shut down the cafe if you can't pay your time debt and they're like no no it's everything's fine we're good for it <clears throat> um they they imply that the time debt comes from having let people stay too long at the cafe um and like it just has accrued over time um which maybe is true uh but They've also, it turns out, been doing some pretty shady stuff in that basement. Yeah. 
So I'm under the like, well, that's how I read it as like the reason why they're in debt is mainly because of Che. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, that's entirely likely. Um, well, Che, che so and also all of the um, all of the you know other guests because it it the the when it's explained the first time it sounds like you know you've got 24 hours and then that's it you're out but it turns out that that's really not the case and that maddie is pretty lax about enforcing that rule because she you know she understands that people will leave eventually mm -hmm. if when it's 24 hours or you know if it's 24 hours or 28 hours or 36 hours whatever it doesn't matter they're gonna leave mm -hmm. um and the the arbitrary nature of it doesn't really it, yeah, it's a rule that doesn't matter, so you can break it basically. As as she views how it, I, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but it's yeah. So it is. It's revealed gradually that like Shay is very old. How old exactly? Like, is uh, definitely under question. They say a few things that like at various times imply. Like, I think Ashley says he's 6,000 years old at one point, but I'm pretty sure that's a joke. Um, I think, because he says something about, like, oh, you know, they they already had guns when I was young, when he's, like, talking about a war. So, like, he was maybe young around, like, the First World War? Maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got the impression of, like, late 19th century yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but he's he's definitely been alive a lot longer than he should be, and it's not really clear how, because it is like um, they they mention at some point like the rules of you know you can transfer time between people, um, like it should be done willingly, but it can be done unwillingly. When it's done unwillingly, like that's what they call vampires. Um, and you can technically take time from like other living things like plants and animals but it like feels bad and weird and doesn't sustain you properly uh, and that's why like otherwise like everybody would be doing it um, mm -hmm. so it's really unclear how Shay has survived this as long as he has um, you know yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's like taking a little bit of extra time from those 24 hours from people after they die, but you'd have to do that an awful lot to to get enough time to like keep yourself alive. Yeah. Like yeah, and Shay's like whole deal is like he's pursuing immortality. Yeah. He's trying to live forever. Yeah, he's he was like, I, I wanted to see what it would be like to never grow old. And then I grew old. Um, so uh, he's, he's kind of, you know, a like cheery old man in a, in a young man's body. Mm -hmm. um, but he and he and Ned have known each other since like way back in the day. Um, so he's like, he's kind of, they're kind of like each other's only friends that like knew them from back then like you know he's the only person who jay is the only person who really understands like who ned was and like how much he's grown as a person and changed 
And so mm -hmm. they have this sort of like close relationship because of that. Um, yeah, so it turns out uh, they were doing some kind of, Maddie and Shay were working on some kind of strange experiment in the basement where they were storing, maybe they actually were um, getting people out of the cafe in time. Um, like, you know, the extra half hour, like 23, you know, 23 and a half hours, the extra half hour or whatever that they were getting from guests. They were doing this thing where they were trying to build up and store time uh, in this big old tree that's in the cafe whose roots go into the basement. Um, mm -hmm. And they thought like by storing all of this, they were, I guess, hoping to transfer it to themselves to just... Um, basically live longer to have more time to sort of pursue their alchemy studies and like figure things out. Um, but at some point shortly before the events of this narrative, um, they tried to do a ritual with that, that stored time and it killed Shay. <laughs> he died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you don't find out until pretty late in the story. Like, Oh, like Shay is actually dead, and it's in, it's Maddie's fault, or at least she considers it her fault. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's clear that like Maddie's like sort of fervent dedication to trying to get this ritual off the ground and do the ritual again is she's actually trying to bring Shay back to life using all this extra time they have stored up, uh, which sounds like an even more dangerous ritual. Yeah. And they eventually do do it again. And surprise, it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Shay and Maddie have a fight. Where uh, Maddie's like, we can do the ritual again. I just need better parts. Like, I, I'm pretty sure we almost had it working. Um, like, just, you know, help me, like, rejigger it a little bit. And Shay is basically like, no, listen. Like, you never asked me if I wanted to, if I even wanted to stay after I died before. And, like, it's, you know, this is getting, like, more and more painful for me to keep living here. And also, if you keep doing this, then you're going to, like, it's going to keep failing. You're going to keep getting people hurt. And eventually that person is going to be you. And I don't want you to die because you can't let go of this. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, sweet and also very sad. Um, it's a very sort of tense sequence. <clears throat> and then the, the rest of the game is literally just, like, Shay kind of coming to terms with dying and, like, preparing to leave and leaving. And it's, yep. like, real sad. <laughs> and then... On the other side of the coin, you think we're going to get a similar arc for Keyshawn, but nope, surprise, Keyshawn gets talked into joining the council. <laughs> yeah, Keyshawn's like, listen, I really don't want to go on to the other side yet. Ned, how did you, like, get away with this? And he's like, well, I joined the council, but, you know, it's not all fun and games. Like, you have to be the arbiter of balance. You have to be neutral. You can't take sides. And sometimes, like, that neutrality really sucks because you really want to take sides. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Keyshawn ends up joining the council because he doesn't want to move on. Um, 
clearing the deck. Yes, and at the very end... For some reason. Yeah, it, it's... I don't understand why the conclusion of the story wasn't they use the time they have saved up in the tree to clear the debt. I was sure that was going to be the story because that would be a good, like, indication that Maddie is acknowledging what Shay said and, like, making the decision to not keep working on this ritual and, like... So I don't, I don't understand why that wasn't the story. Um, the story is that Kishan's like, yeah, no, I have to give up my council, my soul anyway, as part of joining the council. But it turns out there's like a loophole where I can use it to like pay off your debt. So I paid off the debt for the cafe. And I'm like, that seems like kind of Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is this whole thing of like you can't really, or well, no one's found a way to like get the soul. From the tree. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But it seemed like that figuring out something related to that would have been such a much more, like, nice closure. But whatever. Yeah, I guess I guess there's going to be a couple of DLCs. So maybe we, maybe we will find out what happens to the tree time. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not. Maybe we won't. And that's, maybe we'll just pretend that we forgot about it. And yeah, okay. and I, uh, my thought was like, well, maybe the like time got used up by the ritual, but that doesn't make sense because Maddie is like intent on trying the ritual again. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe she just has to give it back to the people she gambled it from. Well, not we don't know that all of it comes I mean, from her gambling. It seems like it's way too much time to all be from her gambling, which is just like basically little bits here and there. Also, like the people she gambled it from is probably gone. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about that, that they were all dead anyway. Oh, well, I was going to say, we don't actually know that they were all dead. She, some of she might have taken it sometimes from living people. Yeah, um, I guess they didn't specify. That's true. The people, the, one of the rules of the cafe is you're not allowed to ask uh, whether people at the cafe are alive or dead. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's a little bit, like, it's hard to tell who exactly, you know, are, are, are living, living guests and who are moving on. Um, you don't actually see that much of the guests. They're more like a background feature. This really felt to me, this entire thing, uh, like it should have been, you know, like a, like an eight episode Netflix show, right? <laughs> like there's so much potential for doing little short stories about the guests like a, along the background of like a greater arc of um you know of what's going on with the 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 main people in the cafe like I would watch a season of a TV show about this so okay if you want to watch a TV show that's kind of like this it's it's very similar conceptually but instead of um instead of dead people it's robots in a cafe and you can't once you're in the cafe you can't like ask who is a robot and who is not but the it's um i can't remember if it's a movie or if it's a miniseries but it's called time of eve it's an anime i think a friend literally just recommended this to me like a week ago <laughs> yeah uh, i recommend it it's good um and it, it gets yeah. into like there yeah my are a friend lot david just recommended this to me as well <laughs> nice and it's kind of that thing. There are a lot of regulars at this cafe, and it 
it gets into like who they are and by the end of the story some some of them you know if they're robots or not and some of them you don't it's it's nice. it's pretty great yeah yeah um there's also this this it made me think very much of um the booth at the end uh which is sort mm -hmm. of um i mean not not the story itself but more like the thing that i imagine that they could do with the story makes me think of the booth at the end um which is a story where it's like a it's a short series where there's a the devil is like hanging out in the booth at the end of a row in like this little tiny diner um and people come and like make deals with him for things that they want and then they come back and like tell stories about how the deal went because that's part of the deal is you have to come back and like report on it uh so it's like it's great because it's like the absolute cheapest way in the world to film a tv show because you literally just have to have one diner booth and then the actors just sit in the booth and talk to each other and you never see any of the <laughs> other parts um but it's nice. it's actually quite compelling um but yeah so this one however um it's it's interesting because like i feel like the first two thirds of the game or so are spent like building up the characters and trying to make you sort of care about who they are and what their whole deal is um and then you're kind of hit with this like this whammy about the you know the ritual and what's even going on and and shay's whole scenario like at that turning point and then after that it just gets like incredibly sad for the rest of the game um mm -hmm. which like i for the for the first part of the game i was like not a hundred percent sold on it i'm like oh this is kind of like you know gilmore girls style like a little bit too clever too cutesy sort of dialogue where like i'm not sure i really believe these characters and you know like it's fine whatever sort of thing and then the turn hit, and I cried so much during the last part of the game. There's a part where, like, Shay is sitting at um, at this, like, picnic table with everyone except Maddie. And he kind of says, like, well, so I'm going to be leaving, like, in, in momentarily. Like, is there any, like, last requests? Like, last things I can do for you um, before I leave? Uh, and when he gets to Ned... Ned kind of like whispers under his breath, don't leave me. And then uh, yeah. you know, Shay was like, What was that? And Ned's like, never mind, it's not important. Like, I should be the one doing something for you. You're the one about to about to die. Um, and like that broke my goddamn heart. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm like, you can't do this to me, game. I need to go get another tissue. <laughs> Yeah, and in that same scene, there was the the bit where Ashley says, I think she just says, like, guys, I'm sad, and this yeah. is awful, but, I mean, what can you do? Like, we're, we're just gonna have to move past this, and yeah. it's gonna be okay eventually, but right now, I am really upset. Yeah. Because Ashley's also, Ashley has, like, a minor character arc where she's because she hangs out in the cafe so much um she's sort of adopted uh you know Maddie and Shay as like parental figures and there's this implication that she's kind of had this problem with getting too attached to some of the guests as well where she like 
brings mm-hmm. them into her projects and like you know incessantly needles them about like helping her with stuff uh and then gets like really upset when they leave so like maddie's been trying to teach her about like yeah like it's okay to be sad but you have to know that like the people who come here are going to have to move on and you're going to have to learn to be okay with that and so mm-hmm. she has sort of a growth arc about learning to be okay with that and you know then it's shame oh. who's important to her <laughs> Also, one thing that uh, we we didn't mention, Ashley's got a robot arm. That's oh, never yes. explained. Yeah. <laughs> That's just sort of incidental. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those things where, like, yeah, that's just how it yeah. is. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's also very unclear, like, the world building around, like, how much the world in general knows about like alchemy and necromancy and like death and the council like is this stuff common knowledge is it like niche knowledge is it like something that is intentionally kept hidden from people because clearly there are like people publishing books on alchemy so it's not entirely like the world we know yeah yeah but at the same time like kishan had no idea yeah so yeah it's very unclear I guess my assumption is that it's sort of like you'll kind of find these out of the way neighborhoods that are maybe situated just so on like a ley line or something like that where that's where all the people who are interested in this stuff kind of flock to if they're in the know or if they want to be in the know and the rest of the world is mostly just normal. Yeah. Kind of like a very localized magical realism low fantasy type thing. Um Mm -hmm. But I have nothing to support that other than... Yeah. No, that's a reasonable enough you know? That's as good, a, as good an explanation as any other. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it does have that sort of like magical realism feel where like the story goes like, shh, it doesn't matter. That's not what's important. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. Like, it's only important in as much as it affects the lives of the individual characters, and that's it. So, I wouldn't necessarily call it like that, but more like you're not really told. And there's never really any reason for you to be told that. Yeah, it's it's also yeah. true that, like, despite, like, yes, Kishan is our, like, um kind of you know point of view character who that you know can have everything explained to him but also Kishan is like freaking the fuck out he doesn't have a lot of time for like deep lore about how death works unless it like directly relates to his situation at the moment and he's also passed out (laughs) yeah he sleeps a lot uh during his 24 hours yeah I I feel like well, the game uh, takes place for more yeah, than no, 24 he, hours, Yeah, no, he overstays right? his 24 hours uh, eventually. Yeah, he overstays by, like, uh, two or three days, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say, like, there was the scene where they're doing the gambling ring in the basement with the knife game, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Ash, or not Ashley, Maddie takes some time from Kishan and then later gets sort of kind of browbeaten into giving it back, mm-hmm. um, I think the the worst thing that happened to Kishan during that whole time was that they fed him the extremely potent soul liquor. 
Yeah, and uh, he got very drunk and then very yeah, hungover. That that seems like they did my boy dirty there. Um, <laughs> he has but, he has a bit of a he has a bit of a like he I forget he causes a scene when he's very drunk. Is it about the curly straw? He like causes a scene about wanting a curly straw when he's drunk. Yeah, it's something like that because curly straws then become sort of a, a little gag later on in the game yeah ned ned needs a curly straw because he has no mouth <laughs> or yeah. his mouth is like it's unclear what his whole deal is but he can't drink normally because of presumably because of his weird helmet thing although i i thought at one point that they were maybe also implying that it was something with uh where he had had to get one of those like throat things for people who smoke too much um Oh. like he had some some problem with that but like then that didn't that wasn't really like brought up again so i thought maybe that maybe i was wrong about that so who knows yeah it's difficult to say again it, it it's there and we can theorize about it it probably doesn't matter yeah they don't they don't spend a lot of time going into it because again unless it's like sort of tonally at least tonally important for the characters they don't go into a lot of depth. Even some of the stuff about the characters and their backstories, they don't go into a lot of depth. Like, we know almost nothing about Maddie's backstory, despite her being basically the main character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like, we know that she was, like, a really bright student um, and that she's maybe had some, like, rough times in the past. And we know that, like, Shay was her mentor and they were working together on alchemy stuff. But that's basically it that's all we know about maddie <clears throat> mm -hmm. yeah it's like similar to valhalla in that mm -hmm. where like everything is kind of about now yeah you're not really interested in the past as much mm -hmm. yeah but it works i mean you know they they tell you enough to to get you into the story um and, you know, just enough to get you to care so that when they needle you in the fields, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's it's a very, I guess, like, sort of wrapping up, like, some of our, our usual tale stuff. Visually, it's a really interesting game. It's, like, 3D modeled, but it has some, like, I don't know, filters or something post-processing on it that makes it look a little bit more drawn. It reminds me of like Ruby or some of those other like like heavily computer assisted animation styles. Mhm. Mm um That's Ruby like R W B Y for people who have maybe not seen that. Yeah. Um which it's what's weird about this style to me is I feel like it looks really ugly and bad in still shots, but it, it's fine watching it in motion. That's I, which yeah, I, I I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't know. I, don't yeah, know I, I would say like... it looks ugly and bad, but it doesn't look the best in still shots for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The character design is so cool, though, because, mm -hmm. like, if there was, like, bland character design, I could see it being, like, looking really bad. 
Yeah, it has a sort of like anim general anime aesthetic to the characters. Um, I, w I would say it's like, you know, it's it's very um, like usable, <laughs> like very, very like appropriate and does what it needs to do in terms of character design. It's not like particularly like whimsical or invented, um, but it's it's very serviceable. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and the music is like, I don't know. It's fine. It's good. It's atmospheric for what it, it what it needs to I be. I really like yeah, the music. It's, it's you know yeah, charming. I, like I really, I really like the little jingle that plays over the like robot scenes when the robots are chatting with each other. <laughs> yeah, it gets this like little kind of like pumped up, not exactly jazzy, but um, <laughs> sort of upbeat. Uh, little tune and it's uh it's nice <laughs> yeah i got bones i kind of hate the robots that's they're <laughs> yeah they're weird they're they they're well, they're not related to the main story at a, like at all so they they feel a little distracting sometimes yeah, so here's my biggest issue it's like you have this big scene where you're like trying to resurrect shay and everything fails and everything's sad and then you like cut the robots making big chicken yolks. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like they they were not always tonally appropriate with what's going on in the main story. They were sort of a comic relief. I was always excited to see them because it meant that I had gotten to the next section where I could pick from my word cloud, uh, and I was like always excited to get to the word cloud section. Um, so they were like because they always happen like exactly at the end of each chapter. So I was like, oh, yeah, we're at the end. I get to, like, find more memories. Mm -hmm. Also, just I, I just found this by looking it up. Uh, the soundtrack for Necrobarista, the whole the whole entire-ass soundtrack is on Spotify. So Nice. Yeah, so you can go yeah. look at it. Yeah. This might be one of the, the ones I actually do go and look up on Spotify. Like, I'm usually, usually, like, ambient music behind stuff is kind of take it or leave it for me. But there was enough, like where I remember like feeling like the tracks were pretty cool in this that, yeah, that I, I could I could listen to them. Yeah, I found it because I was looking for the band that does uh the the song that they used in the trailer and then the trailer, the what was it, the launch trailer is the intro to the game. And then the song is again in the end credits. But that band is called Soft Science and they're also on Spotify and I'm going to check them out. And maybe you can too if you want. So Barista. Yeah, no, we, we mentioned in some of our chatting uh, unrecorded that uh, that the the trailer for this game <clears throat> has like at least two or three characters in it that don't appear in the game. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's, a it's very weird. cool and badass and sort of like an anime like opening theme, but it's like who are these people? Also, it's it's like it makes the characters look way more badass than they actually end up being in practice. Cause like Keyshawn is there like holding a knife and like looking really cool. And then it becomes kind of a joke that he's actually sort of a dork and not really that cool in the, in the yeah. actual game. So. Um, so what, what we, what I, what we think the possible um, explanation is for all of those characters that were in the trailer, but not in the game, it looked like, 
according to the developer's Twitter, it looks like they're going to have some DLCs. So that's what I, maybe, or maybe they were just characters that had to get cut out because. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the two theories is either they're characters that will be in the game if via DLC or they're characters that were in the game and then were cut because the scope of the game got (laughs) reduced either way. Or my guess is I was gonna both. say or both. It's entirely possible both. And that the uh That trailer is so good. It's it is pretty like badass anime opening, yeah. And they play the whole dang thing in the not even like at the very beginning of the game, but like a little ways into the game. Mm-hmm. Once you've kind of like met the characters a little bit. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, enjoyed, would recommend, um, made, made me cry way more than I expected. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. wasn't expecting I... it to hit so hard, but it really, really did. I cried so hard. But I also, I also cry really easy. Yeah. So yeah, I I find that I do too. The older I get, but yeah, same. <laughs> like I think I I feel like I cry much more easily now than I used to, and you know it's it's not like you, you know when you talk about it, it's like yeah no it's it's about a character who like is is imminently like basically about to die like he's already dead but that's sort of a technicality like it's about a character who's about to die like making peace with the people in his life and like that sounds like such a like like it would be too cliche to be sad right like you're like yeah no like that's exactly the sort of thing you would pick to try and be a tearjerker and it's going to come across as like really cheap and unsatisfying but it doesn't it's a sad thing and (laughs) they're sad and it makes you sad Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think like, like the fact that he doesn't really want to die. Yeah. So... Yeah, the, the, really it was an accident. He wasn't. He, he wasn't intending to die. It was just sort of something that happened, and like, but but he also doesn't want to stay around because it's like unpleasant and painful, and he's accepted that. Like, well, you know, I, now that I'm dead, I, I'm gonna have to move on. It's better than staying. Yeah. And it would have been too easy if he had just joined the council as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's like... Some of the game, like, before you... Especially before you find out that he's actually dead, has kind is kind of him reflecting on, like, what did living this long really get get me? <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah. Like, yeah, I lived a long time. I saw a lot of stuff, but, you know, is it really, like, do does anybody really want to live forever? I would say yeah. no. Oh, well, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> no, no, well, no one actually wants to live forever because, like, forever, forever includes, like, the heat death of the universe. And you would definitely not want That's to be true. conscious for... <laughs> the like the eons and eons of time that it would take those last few molecules to to separate and who knows if time would even end 
Um, like that that sort yeah. of vastness is terrifying. <laughs> but that like at true. least until like the the end of you know humanity might be interesting. Hey Carl, you can have some of my hours. <laughs> I'll look you up. <laughs> you have a dealer? I can uh I feel like I feel like this should be a website. Like I can just put some of my hours on the cloud and send them to Carl. Just buy you know, time. I feel like there was a not particularly well reviewed like action movie with this premise where like everyone had a timer on their arm. And the idea was like that rich people would like buy time from poor people so that they could like live forever. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that sounds right, but I don't know. That that sounds familiar, but I can't remember of what what it would be. Movie but... where people had clocks on their wrist <laughs> in time. Okay. Uh, people stop aging. Uh, at 25, and the clock the clock that they were born with on their wrists begins a countdown. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's called In Time. It starred Justin Timberlake. Oh. <laughs> of all people. That's how you know it's a good movie. And huh. whoever this lady is clinging on to him. Is that Christopher Walken? No, that's a different movie. Okay. Um... In Time movie came out in uh, 2011. Uh, oh, it's, it's directed by the guy who directed Gattaca. Has a uh, Matt Bomer's in it. Um, as is, and Cillian Murphy is in it as well. Oh, God, this director also made it's Lord a, of War, which was a got, terrible a, movie. It's got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, so there's a reason that nobody remembers it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, not that the idea of, like, people, like, gambling with the amount of time that they have left in their lives is, you know, a new idea. I'm sure that's, like, a very well-trod space in terms of literature. Um, but still i thought the world building was neat i thought the uh the characters apparently grew on me more than i thought they did uh and i and i liked the like the effort to do some kind of like interesting and experimental stuff mechanically with both the storytelling and the sort of like interstitial extras stuff so mm -hmm. yeah overall like Nice job, Necrobarista. Yeah, this is one of those things where this game has been on my radar for, like, several years now, and I've been really, really waiting for it to come out. And I, I could have really had big problems with my own expectations, but no, I really liked it. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've lived up yeah. to the hype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. They could have come up, or, like, just so many, like, internet culture references yeah there was i definitely did have like i said some issues with some of the dialogue stuff early on where i'm like this is like kind of a little self-indulgent and meme -y and like um is a little bit more like eye rolly than earnest but 
you know, yeah. if you if you go by like end results, clearly it was effective. It worked on me, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, for a game about like trashing like hipster baristas, they do seem like hipster baristas. <laughs> it's a pretty hipster game, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's fair. True, true. I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess no, no hipster wants to admit to being a hipster. Yeah. So, um, any, yeah, Maddie's got this whole thing about like not wanting to make like stupid hipster drinks, but like it's kind of a little hipstery. Um, all right, any, any other final thoughts on this game? I still really want to make lamingtons, but <laughs> if I could think of something else, maybe day. I could roll them in like nuts instead of coconut, like you know, chopped, yeah, chopped almonds or, or chopped peanuts or something. Pistachios. Like don't don't tell the Australians, but that would still taste really delicious. So <laughs> yeah, <it>. probably would. <laughs> well, I'm a sucker for chocolate ganache, so like having an excuse to do mm -hmm. chocolate ganache would be. We'll call them something other than lamingtons. Yeah. We won't call them lamingtons. Yeah. Um, they do look weird because it looks like chocolate ganache on like a sponge. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. But I mean, that's you know, that's yellow cake. What are you? What else are you gonna do? Mm -hmm. basically um i should tell my friend jackie because she's like really into baking and she would love to have an excuse to do like experimental desserts <laughs> like hey yeah. can you make me lamingtons but without coconut and like what do you think would work i like the can you make me yes well <laughs> she, li she likes to bake for people like she gets very excited when we're like, hey, birthday's coming up. She's like, I'm going to make you a cake. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm kind of the same way. Like, I like having an excuse to bake things yeah. for someone else because then I know I'm not saddled with, like, an entire cake that suddenly <laughs> you have I to eat have all to yourself. eat all yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I'll, I'll eat the whole cake. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm up to the task, but I would rather not. <laughs> one, Actually, one final clo closing thing about the game. Um, between each uh, chapter, like, the way you get to the next chapter is, like, you click on this little place setting at one of the cafe tables, and there's some, like, food spread out on the table, and one of them is, like, basically avocado toast with poached eggs, I think. It's, like, toast with cer white circles on it that I assume are supposed to be poached eggs, and like on the side is like avocado and I think tomatoes. And every time I saw that, I'm like, oh, that looks so good. I want to be eating that right now. <laughs> like that's exactly the sort of like cafe food that I like to order. It's easy uh, to talk shit about avocado toast, but here's the thing. It's delicious. It's so good. It, the thing is, I think people also, some of the people who talk shit about like avocado toast and in in particular people who talk shit about like how much california people love avocados on things have not had avocado in california because california is like an avocado growing location so all the avocado is mm -hmm. like perfectly fresh and ripe and perfectly fresh and ripe yeah. avocado is amazing yeah that's also true i have to wait like a week after I buy an avocado to actually be able to use it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they're usually like reading. they're like little ones and they're not like you know they they had to yeah, travel they're so the they're like bruised yeah they're like not the best ones real good fresh avocado is an amazing thing yeah that's true i wish i had oh, can i make fun of you yeah, yeah i mean yeah yeah like I, I lived it. Yes, I lived in Los Angeles for five years. It was, a, it's a thing. I'm just saying. I feel like Los Angeles, in some ways, like really taught me to appreciate food more than I used to. Um, but that's that's a story for another time, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about what we're playing next. Yeah, what we're playing next. Uh, we're playing Super Liminal, which is a first person puzzle game i guess i don't know it, it's yeah, about it's, um it's a visual yeah visual puzzler uh apparently like i've i've seen it sort of related to like antechamber in the idea that it's like a it's about sort of playing with your assumptions and perceptions of reality it's bubbles. like antechamber, but not as hard as antechamber. Antechamber gets way out there. Um, yeah. Superliminal is a little more straightforward. Um, okay. And it's but... very short, apparently. It's like three to four hours or something. Yeah, I um, I should have looked to see how long, because I've, I've played it, and I should have looked to see how long I spent playing it. Uh, but I'm not going to do that now. Yeah. Uh, it's on the Epic Store. I don't think it's on steam yet but you can get it on console as well um and that was, was developed a... by pillow castle games because i need uh, to say that who made it pillow castle yep. games yep and it was uh there was a speed run of it at sgdq which i have not watched yet because i knew we were going to be playing it and so i was like eh, i should probably play it and not get spoiled on puzzle solutions in case they some of the speed run is actually solving real puzzles in the game um, which is also why I, I played the Talos Principle. Um, so yeah, after after we've played this, I can I will have been able to watch both speedruns. Let's see. My playtime is a little over two and a half hours. So okay, yeah. So, so. not it's like two to three hours, not even yeah. three to four hours. Yep. All right. Yeah. So if you were if you were looking to join us for one of the games that we played and you were like, ah, oh, but I don't really have a lot of time to play games. Like, here's a good short one. Just it's like one evening. Yep. Uh, it's like going yeah. to the movies, which you can't do anymore. So you might as well do this. Yeah, you might as well play Superliminal. Oh, man. Speaking of movies, uh, we we did a Bill and Ted marathon. On Friday night for the new. I am. I really need to, to catch up on those. Um, and, They're not uh, long movies. Like we we watched all three in in an evening. Um, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I mean, uh, it was a late night, but but still. I saw the first one. I saw the first one like a very long time ago, and I've never seen the second one. How's the third one? Are you happy with how it uh, ended the series? Or continued yeah, the I series? Am. Yep. Okay. I was I wasn't sure. Like I I had my reservations, but it it, it was a, a good send-off. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, All right. Well that's something you can do. Yeah, that is also a thing <laughs> that you can do in the next uh, couple weeks. But what you should do is play Superliminal and then contact us and come be a guest on our podcast and chat about it with us. Um 
there's yes, very few requirements. You, you just have to you just have yeah. to have Discord and play the game, and that's pretty much it. And be free on a Sunday yeah. afternoon or morning, depending on where you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's morning for are, me. It's afternoon it's for afternoon you guys. For me. And then evening for yeah. Carl, I think. And it's late for Carl. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not late. Okay. But yeah, dep- uh, probably Sunday, depending on where you are. Um, yep. And you can get a hold of us on Twitter at Feedback Force. Uh, there will also be a link there to join the Discord, which you can do. Um, yeah. Do that if you feel like it. And then you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Yep. Um, you can see <clears throat> you can see me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. Uh, or you can follow the game I worked on on Twitter uh, at Wintermore TC. Uh, coming to consoles September 10th. Yeah. I'm going to have a game on the Switch, you guys. That's really exciting. Yeah. Hell yeah. And also other consoles. Come into all the consoles on September 10th. I'm just most excited about the Switch version. (laughs) Yeah. All the consoles. Well, all of the modern generation. We're going to get Wintermore on the The virtual boy. I guess CD. Yeah, I guess not even all the modern ones. We're not coming to, like, Google Stadia. But, um... Nothing comes. <laughs> yeah, nothing's Google going Stadia. to Google Stadia. So, uh, I figured that went without saying. Um, but yeah, no, coming to Xbox, play PS4 and or Xbox One, PS4 and Switch on September 10th, which is like less than two weeks away. Holy crap! <laughs> so I guess by nice. the time we do our next episode, like we will be out on consoles, which is crazy. That's true. Wow. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can. I'll tell you all about it. Take your mind off of uh, the the uh, stress. Yeah, we're gonna have some more people cosplay our characters. We've got uh, so someone. One of them is all, already streaming, like making uh, like the wings for her costume, and I'm like, that's nice. super exciting. That's cool. she. She's playing. Uh, she's cosplaying Hecate. Okay. Which yeah, I was, you know. I was trying to think who has wings, and that's the only yeah. one I could think of. Yeah, I oh. guess Yin also has wings, but Hecate is the character she's cosplaying. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That would be an impressive cosplay, Yin. Man, I would love to see someone cosplay Yin. <laughs> All right. And Carl, uh, your Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Twitter. Skaga3. Done. Cool. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Next question. Uh yeah. Yeah, that's I guess that's it. Go play Superliminal and uh, we'll be here in two weeks. And yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us, folks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.